0: It's just as important for an individual, for a business owner, to have a little bit of a halftime adjustment throughout the day.
1: The simpler you can keep it, the easier it will be to stick to it long-term.
2: Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. It's me, Mike Vardy, once again, and this week on the program, I'm joined by Dr. Lacey Book and Dr. Sean Dill. They are renowned chiropractors by profession, turned serial entrepreneurs and business growth and development experts. They uh, specialize in helping service providers pivot into lucrative entrepreneurs, sharing expertise from how to scale a service community to leveraging your niche customer base and learning how to handle money and rejection. They've got a lot of irons in the fire. And this dynamic entrepreneurial duo are also the co-authors of Amazon's best-selling book, None of Your Business. One of the highlights of this conversation is routines that we talk about, and there's an interesting routine that they're going to share with us during this episode, so don't miss it. Now let's get to my conversation with Dr. Lacey Book and Dr. Sean Dill here on the Productivityist Podcast. So we're recording this at the midday mark of my day. uh, And I normally wouldn't be up this early to do this kind of stuff. So when I say this early, midday is earlier for me than usual. Um, And I want to talk a bit about, because as I was going through your work, um, you have a midday routine. And, I mean, I'm a big believer in the evening routine. And we know that there's a a vast array of morning routine um, content out there. But the midday routine, this is something that I want to get into Right, right out, of, right out of the gate. So, what do you, what do you guys put in place for a midday routine?
0: Well, I love that you brought this up because this is something we're really passionate about. What we noticed while working with um, service providers and entrepreneurs is that they've been taught over and over and over that you need to wake up, have a morning routine, say your affirmations, so that you can get yourself into the right space and right state of mind. Right? We've all heard that. And now, I'm not saying that not to do that, we're actually advocates of that as well. But what we noticed is that over the course of the day, your mindset can easily shift. Like you get up in the morning, you get your morning routine, You maybe you do a little meditation, maybe you say your affirmations, but if you're trying to affirm something or you're trying to change your mindset that you've had for so long or change your energy state, it's really easy over the course of the day for negativity to creep back in, for the way that you talk to yourself, that negative mindset to creep back in, for your energy levels to to drop down. And so what we figured out is that, hey, it's just as important for an individual, for a business owner to not only wake up and get in the right state of mind, but to have a little bit of a halftime adjustment throughout the day so that you can pivot and get right back on track and combat all the negativity that may come your way. I want to
2: get into what happens if people don't have those kind of things in play. Like you talk about anchors, right? You've, you've talked about that. Is this, would this be considered one of those anchors or, or do you have other things that you do to kind of make sure that people don't lose their way or have waypoints that they can kind of use to to boost their performance or just keep themselves from getting too far off track?
1: Well, well this would definitely be a type of anchor. Um, I think that, you know, Lacey and I have a background in chiropractic, which is steeped in neurology. And I think that it's very interesting because, you know, we, we hear a lot, you know, Lacey mentioned we are told we need to have morning routines. We hear a lot about mindset, the way that we um, are programming our minds, thinking positive. But a lot of people, at least that I talk to, they, know, they read the book, you know, they, they get the advice, they listen to the podcast and they try, they give it, you know, they give, they give it their all, but for whatever reason, they just say like, it just doesn't work for me. I mean, there's just different types of people. There's morning people, there's evening people, Mm -hmm. there's people that like to read, there's people that are more kinesthetic. There's people that, you know, there's just all types of different ways of, of functioning in the world. So one of the things that's super interesting is that our our brains, as an organ, are extremely pliable. You know, they talk about neuroplasticity, and you know, there there's so many useful things that that can happen as a result of neuroplasticity. You know, maybe you've been driving home uh, from work if you work outside of the home, you're driving, or maybe you're going to some where you go frequently and you kind of you zone out, you space out, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, how did I? I don't even realize I was driving. Like, how did I get here? You Mm. basically went on to autopilot. Well, how great would it be if we could program your brain to do that with regards to successful disciplines and habits? And so anchors just are a way to create that neurological programming. And I think that we should create neurological anchors literally around any sort of behavior that we deem essential and anchors can appeal to any of the five senses. So, I mean, athletes, no anchors because potentially you listen to a certain hype up music. If you go to the gym, you don't usually put on classical music to mm-hmm. work out. There's certain music that stimulates and fires your neurology. But look, um, in, in the course of a given day for in the life of an entrepreneur, you need to sort of maintain your energy high. So there might be certain sense. I, you know, I, I happen to like citrus, Sense that I I wouldn't want to be like down or, you know, smelling lavender or chocolate chip cookies, which would make you hungry. I like the, I like a scent that would get me pumped up and motivated. There's music that I like, but you know, in my work, my line of work, I don't want a bunch of words on there. I like this band called Lettuce. Um, I like (laughs) to listen to them. Um, But you can also have certain behaviors that you would program as anchors, such as your morning routine, but I think super important, as Lacey was saying, your halftime corrections. I mean, every sporting event, there's a, there's a break in the middle where you, you, know, you have an opportunity to regroup, uh, you have an opportunity to refocus, you have an opportunity to reset your game plan and then come out bigger and better than ever in the back half.
2: So you two are married, right? We are. <laughs> Why, you can't I want, tell? No. <laughs> well, you know, you're actually exchanging. There's no talk over each other, which is kind of it. My wife and I do that all the time. Um, so my, we, we were mentioning uh, before the call that my wife and I, my wife helps out with the business as well. I'm kind of the face. She does a lot of the administrative stuff behind the scenes. Um, but it, we found it's one of the things that we struggled with initially was how to, how to balance that, how to make sure that we didn't have – work stuff bleed into the home stuff, especially with the kids here. And, and my wife has another career as well. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of moving parts, but we also want to make sure that we stay connected to the, the work I'm doing, because if we aren't, then no revenue comes in, no revenue comes in, no mortgage get paid and, and you know what happens next. So mm-hmm. what are some of the things that, that you, you've done to kind of find that harmony between the business and marriage. And so that way you can be successful at both.
0: Yeah, I think actually, that's a great question. One of the best pieces of advice that we ever received was very much like yourself and your wife, when we were first getting started, trying to balance and figure out this beautiful dance of working together and being at home together. Um, Somebody told us at one point that we didn't have enough clear definition of roles. Mm. And As an entrepreneur, I thought, well, of course we do. Like, we know what we do. We get up, we go to work, we go to the office together, we do what we got to do. And in saying that to myself, I realized that she was right. We didn't have clear definition of roles. So one of the pivotal moments in our business and in our relationship was actually sitting down and taking the time to clearly define who did what in the business, who was responsible for what and we applied the same concept and said who does what in the home and who is responsible for what and when, in doing that it was really powerful because it allowed us number one to take some of the worry and responsibility off of is he going to do that am i going to do that did that get done um so it made us more efficient but number two it allowed us to not overlap and do the work of one person as two people so it made a really big impact on our business and in our lives. And we know who does the trash, who does the laundry, who does the books, who makes the phone calls. And it's very clear. Uh, and we never have to worry about what the other person is doing or if a task is getting done.
2: Yeah, we've done that to a degree as well, mainly around the days, I think. So sometimes we, we trade off, but we use color coding for that, too. So we're very mm. like, you know, like for dinner, I'll give you a great example. Uh tonight I'm cooking. And I know I'm cooking because it was written down on the meal plan in my color. So I know it's my job. Um and we both agreed on it. It wasn't like, you know, it was assigned to me or anything like that. So I think there's like you said there's that there's a simplicity there. How important is simplicity when you're when you're trying to navigate all this stuff? Like keeping things simple so that you can have maybe some flexibility built into things.
1: Well, I think everybody at some point has know come up with an amazing system that probably worked well in the beginning (laughs) and then it got overly complicated and and actually if we overcomplicate the systems and processes and in any any aspect whether it's your business or your personal life then what tends to happen is you just drop off you lose the discipline i mean there's something to be said of you know the phenomenon of you know peloton um you know keeping it as simple as possible making it as easy and effortless, eliminating that friction to being able to, you know, to, 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 to actually implement something. So, you know, there's, there's a, I know that you guys do a lot of work and discussion around, you know, being productive, time management, et cetera. And sometimes there's something to be said about getting your old fashioned planner out and a pen and, and keeping it simple. And so I just think that, gosh, as a life lesson, the, the simpler you can keep it, you know, the, the easier it will be to stick to it long-term.
2: I want to shift the conversation a bit to talk about your book, None of Your Business, A Winning Approach to Turn Service Providers into Entrepreneurs. So what was the impetus for you to say, you know, we need to put this out there because, um, I mean, my wife, i use her as an example. She's an acupuncturist, right? Um, she's, she serves. That's what she She just headed off right now to go serve people, um, including, you know, like, making sure that she's uh, not just serving the ones that she's serving today, but also the clients that, you know, she's nurturing those as well. Um, What was the impetus for you to say, you know, we need to get this out there for people just like yourselves or even just, just like my wife.
1: Yeah. And in all honesty, it's, it's people like your wife that are the inspiration for the book because Lacey and I have had plenty of experience in our field in chiropractic Uh, We've had the opportunity, and we've been blessed to travel the world and, and speak at events and meet other practitioners. And one of the things that we realized is that the world's greatest providers, whether it's acupuncturists, physical therapists, massage therapists, or hairstylists, artists, the world's greatest service providers live in relative obscurity, in our opinion, simply because they do not or or are not willing to embrace the concept of being an entrepreneur and it's it's really sad because if we think about people that get into the service industry they do so because they have a passion to make an impact on the world through the service that they provide but if nobody knows about if you're not successful you mean you can't give what you don't have so if you want to serve the world one of the best ways to serve the world is to be financially abundant if you have more you can touch more lives you can open more facilities you could teach you can make a bigger impact and so we realized that most of the people that in in the service world were deemed as experts or gurus it was simply because they were great marketers you know and i'm not saying that we, you know they're not good but you know there's an assumption here in the united states that dr oz he must be fantastic well he's on tv well we don't really know that like mm-hmm. most people don't have a uh, an experience having you know experienced him as a, as a medical doctor or as a provider, but we assume that. And so we really want to highlight the world's greatest providers and give them an avenue so that they can actually share their gift with as many people as possible, reach as many people as possible, make as big an impact as possible. And one of the things that we also embrace is let's Listen, if you're making a big impact on the world, you should be rewarded financially. And so we want to see the world's best service providers also be able to have the lifestyle that they deserve. There should be no great and skilled providers that are struggling to get by. That's one of the saddest things ever.
2: Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products, as so Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now, a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And plan to eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com/slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And now we're going to take a break to talk about this episode's sponsors. The sun is starting to shine as this episode is dropped. But sometimes when the weather outside is nice, you're still not feeling it. The sun should bring happiness, but you're not getting that happiness. And maybe there's something interfering with it. Maybe you're overwhelmed, anxious, stressed. If something is preventing you from achieving your goals, and and that's happened to me on more than one occasion, then you really want to get some help for that. And BetterHelp is the answer. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapists. And you can start communicating with them in under 48 hours. You're able to connect in a safe and private online environment, which is incredibly convenient. Now, I want you to know that this is not a crisis line. BetterHelp is not self-help. What it is, is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor at any time and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions like I have. And here's the thing. If for some reason you're not able to connect with that, that match that you've had, well, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. That's happened to me, and it was an easy process to go through. Now, there are licensed professional counselors through BetterHelp that are specialized in depression, anxiety, sleeping, family conflicts, LGBT matters, a whole host of specializations, and anything you share is confidential. BetterHelp is, is convenient, it's professional, it's affordable, It's really what you're looking for. So I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener of the Productivities podcast, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash timecrafting. Join over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash timecrafting. I am not really that great at digital marketing. I need help with that. Uh, I'm not really great at targeting or optimizing or measuring campaigns. It's just not my forte. And I'm a small business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I do want to reach the right audience. And Meet Otis is going to help me do that. You see, Meet Otis is a digital marketing assistant to help target, optimize, and measure campaigns for entrepreneurs like me and small business owners as well. You can acquire new customers that will love your business all from an easy to use app i love this you can create facebook instagram and google ads all from the otis app and otis's ai technology intuitively optimizes your daily budget to whichever platform is performing best so you can i don't have to think about it this is fantastic now if you have an online store like use shopify if so meet otis is exactly what you need meet otis helps plenty of online retailers every day through shopify and You can manage and track all your results in real time from the Otis app. Again, this app is amazing. Otis makes it easy. You see, using the data that's already available to you, Otis will analyze your existing customers to retarget and find other people like them to target your ads to. And Otis can help you get started by creating custom templates for you based on analyzing your point of sale, website data, and available inventory. Otis users see results for as little as $10 per day. That is stunning. And I don't want you to miss out on this stunning deal. If you're ready to supercharge your online advertising, get started with Otis today. Otis is offering listeners of the Productivity is Podcast a free trial plus $50 in ad credit. But you have to go to meetotis.com slash timecrafting to take advantage of this offer. That's M-E-E-T-O-T-I-S dot com slash timecrafting to get your 14-day free trial plus a $50 credit to get started. Do it today. Now, let's get back to the conversation. I think one of the things people need to do when they are they're making a transition, so uh, or 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 maybe augmenting uh, what they're doing, is to have some kind of systemization in place, uh, something that they can trust and rely on. Um, what what did you have to do to build that for yourself, and then how? Because I know in the book that it, it, you know, this idea of a cohesive ecosystem is discussed. What, what are some of the steps that, that people need to take to put that kind of thing in, in, into practice and into place?
0: Yeah, we are big believers in the concept of infrastructure before growth. Um, so often people go out there and making a transition, starting a new career, starting a new business, and they almost grow a little bit too quickly and they don't have the systems in place to sustain the growth. And so for us, one of the biggest things was um, investing in people. That has been a big part of our, our growth and what we do. And so I think a lot of people don't have really great systems around who they want on their team to take them to the next level and help them with that transition, what those individuals look like and what job duties they fill. And then beyond that, how do we make sure that they are doing their job and that we're doing our job and training them? I think I see it all the time. Probably um, human resource is the most underrated in small businesses, right? Because they're not putting a lot of time and effort. They just put an ad out and bring people in. So one of the things is we we created tons of systems on hiring, firing, training is so, so important to make sure that the training protocols can be good for anybody that comes on board, not just for you. Um, And then beyond that, of course, systems around how you do everything. Um, There is no one right way to do anything unless it's about your business. There's one way to do it. And (laughs) it should all be documented and put somewhere. And all of that should be done before you actually have the need to do it. That was really important
2: So, So how do you, because I know, One of the things that I come across when I'm talking to individuals who are, you know, they're either not interested in putting a productivity framework in place, let's say, they're just so stuck on the doing that they don't realize Mm -hmm. that what they're doing is they're doing, they're not actually being productive. They're doing productive. They're just checking off boxes because it gives them that sense of, Oh, look, look, I, I got 38 things done today, but they may not be the right things. The people who say, well, that's all well and good, but you know, how do I how do I build that habit? How do I make it so that that that's the default as opposed to just doing it on my own like where how do you foster that in, in someone who's making this that, that is not that maybe they they're just they're just not used to it or they've they've dismissed it as well not right now
1: Well I think a big piece of that really is starting with the reason why that is so important because i I, I know that people could Just get by by checking off their list. But if you really wanted to scale, for example, you would have to create a framework, you would have to have systems. You know, it's like what Lacey was saying is, and one of the reasons why I feel this happens, at least with the people that we see, is that most people are solopreneurs when they're starting out. And so you are responsible for the admin and the finance and the delivery of the service and the marketing and the sales. And so you, you are responsible for everything. And then that makes it very difficult for you to scale. And so it can feel like, like every day I wake up and then I got to pay this bill. And then there was this twist and turn. And that's those surprises can derail you from actually sticking in like like we were talking about having longevity in a in a system but i think if you think about i want to scale and if it, you know that might be bringing on more people just cuz you want to grow so you can reach more people in a in a single business you might want to have multiple units you might want to train so that you have licensees or even franchisees then you are going to have to embrace this concept of having a systemized methodology for everything. So, I mean, from time management to how you answer the phone to hiring to every single piece, what I envision to like, when you, you know, we, we were discussing uh, previous to the show, you know, you know, the, the, the management and then you brought, of uh, you know, being a, a, in a relationship. And then you brought up the making of the dinner. Right. And I would imagine, you know, hearing you speak that, I mean, you're probably not terrible at cooking because otherwise it wouldn't be one of <laughs> one of the things that you would be, you would do, but I would also guess that you're not, you're not a world-class chef. No. But if you wanted to open a restaurant, you would have to, one of the first things that you would have to think about is, look, I'm going to have to take my my dishes that I make, and I'm going to have to systematize them so that other people can make them. Because if not, I am going to be in the back. I'll be stuck in the back making all of the dishes. And frankly, too, I know restaurants that operate like that, but you don't have the ability to grow and scale if you're not going to systematize, if everything that happens is just left to your ability to act and react and adapt to what's going on and your ability to navigate and make something positive of it. So if anybody that wants to really make a massive impact on the world, I think you have to embrace the concept of, of systematizing, being productive of getting all of these things down.
2: As I'm going through um, your site, Sean and We'll link to it in the show notes, of course. And by the way, um, a nice companion piece to this episode would be when I had Michael Gerber on to talk about the uh, e-myth. Cause I mean, there's a lot of that stuff that you mean, but stepping back is one of the things that I, I just came back from a retreat Um uh, as we're recording this about two weeks ago. And it was one of those moments where I felt like that step back so I could move forward, that retreat, you know, which which I guess is also a term for like, you know, retreating, um, to come step back so I could move forward in a positive way. Is that a practice that you you have taken or that you recommend when people who are, especially as we're discussing, setting up frameworks, building, building ecosystems? Do you think that that's a valuable tool that people can use to kind of... Uh, get them off and running?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because I think the whole idea, like you say, retreat, stepping back, it allows you a moment to analyze and evaluate what it is that you're doing, where you're going, and how you're getting there. And I think oftentimes people don't do that enough. Um, and when you don't have that kind of bird's eye view of what your business looks like from an outside perspective, from that stepping back standpoint then there's no way for you to move forward because you don't have the ability to see it in the way that you need to in order to progress. Um, it's really interesting too. For some reason, when you said that, it made it reminded me of uh, something, that uh, exercise that we have a lot of our clients do. Um, and it, it's taking a moment to actually step back from the day-to-day activities that they do mm-hmm. and actually writing down Like Essentially what you do is you go throughout your week and you write down every single thing that you do and you take a step back and you look at that list and you ask yourself, what of those things, what of those tasks are actually worth the dollar amount that my time is worth? And what of them are just $10 an hour tasks? Because a lot of times people are doing stuff and they don't even realize that they can delegate it out. And that's such a powerful exercise to have that written down and it will actually help you see exactly where you can delegate, systematize and start moving your business forward.
2: Before I let the both of you go, um, I'd like to end each episode by asking something that people can do, just one simple action that they can take to start being more productive or in relation to what you're talking about, putting, putting that approach into practice so that that, service providers can become the entrepreneurs that they need to be. So what is one, if there, if someone's going to start today, they're going to look at your work and they're going to say, okay, I'm, I'm game. I'm in. What's one simple action they can take to get that ball rolling today?
1: Well, I'm a big fan of the Dan Kennedy concept of working in sprints. I mean, I'm probably even take it, you know, to, to, you know, an extreme, but I think that, you know it, the concept was great when when it was introduced, but I think in you know the the age that we live in, social media, all of the things that can distract us on a day. Your watch, your smart watch, can distract you mm. right in the middle of something that you're doing. I'm a really big believer in trying to work in approximately twenty to thirty all out sprint, uh, twenty to thirty minutes of all out sprint super productive, zero distraction, get it done and then stop. And in that period of time, there's no checking stocks. There's no looking on Facebook. There's no checking your email. Um, And I think that a lot of times people just look at that giant list and we're like, I've got to get all this done. I'm going to I'm going to try and work for five hours at a time. And you you sit down with every great intention in the world. And when the five hours is up, you realize I didn't really get anything done. And it's easy to beat yourself up. And so I I love to just think it's easier to run a hundred meter dash than, and train for that than it is to run in a marathon. And so I think as far as productivity is concerned, I approach all of my projects and tasks as sprints versus marathons.
2: Sean and Lacey, this has been a great conversation, a lot of powerful takeaways for people. Where can people keep up with you and your work? And also,
0: where can they get the book? Yeah, you can get the book, None of Your Business, on Amazon. It's right? They're really accessible. And then if you want to connect with us, we're really active on social media. So a lot of people will like to find us on Facebook or Instagram, Sean Dill and Lacey book. And then of course, if you're like, what do these guys do? And how can I get involved? Sean and Lacey.com would be the place to go.
2: Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Productivityist podcast. Thank you. Big thanks to Sean and Lacey for joining me on the program. Anything that we talked about that is really linkable is in the show notes. So if you're looking for some of the stuff that we discussed, check that out in the podcast app that you are using right now, whether that's Overcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever. Or, of course, you can find this on the Productivityist website as well. Just go to the podcast area. You'll find it there Without issue, if you don't want to miss a single episode, by the way, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, because we've got a ton of great episodes coming down the pipeline. But we also have an archive of over 350 plus episodes that are just easier to find when you subscribe. So hit that subscribe button now. And that way you don't miss a single episode. And it makes finding the ones that are already there. That much easier. That's it for now. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivityist podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. See you later.